0: You know, it's it's not the struggle that defines us, it's our response. You know, how will you respond when life hits you with a brick? When you get knocked down on the mat? That's when we find out if you are a champion or not. It's not when, you know, you're 31 and 0. That's not champion. Champion is when you get knocked down. Buster Douglas, you get knocked down, right? Like Tyson, you gotta get back up. Then we see what you're really made of. Then you get the crown of a champion.
1: You're a man of strong passion, a warrior of great courage designed and created to conquer, to crush it in singleness and marriage to master fatherhood, finance and health. You were made to reign in life. Gentlemen, welcome to the Made to Reign podcast where we engage men like you where you are. We empower you with truth and then we encourage you on your walk with Christ. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. If you're new here, welcome to the Reigning Tribe. You guys are in the right place and if you're a returning guest, thank you so much for your faithfulness, guys. This means so much. I'm so happy that there's a community of men like you who want to gather around this idea that we're all called into a greater identity in Jesus, and that's meant to impact our communities, our families, our workspaces, and the nations, right? That is just the truth of the gospel. And actually, speaking of the nations, our next guest is speaking truth to the nations. I actually caught him in the middle of his tour and I was so lucky to be able to have a resource like that so close to me. He's actually down the street from me in Florida, but the day before he was in, uh, in Hawaii and he got to show me some really cool pictures. I was, I was like, man, I'll, I'll get there one day, but not quite yet. I'm still doing this Marine Corps thing. Actually, no. Yeah, I can get to Hawaii in the Marine Corps. We got a base out there. Anyways, our next guest, guys, is a world influencer. He's bringing the truth to the billions. He's become a powerful and passionate motivational speaker. He's actually a top seller author and a thought surgeon. His viral inspirational videos have been viewed over 25 million times on YouTube. He is one of the most sought after speakers in the world because when he speaks, he doesn't just speak to the mind and the ears or the heart of the audience, he speaks directly to their spirit. Guys, I am so happy to introduce to you our next guest, Dr. Billy. (music) All's brooks. <music> Dr. Billy, how you doing today? God is good. God is good. It's so good to have you. It's funny because me and you haven't seen each other in probably a year and a half, I would say. Right. right. And uh, sitting across the room from you, man, I feel the same energy I felt a year and a half ago. You still carry it today. It's, it's been in the making. Yeah. It, it, everything had to line up and it's, it's the perfect time. It, it hasn't stopped. It hasn't. Actually, it probably has dialed up. I've been tuning into your YouTube channel and I remember I left the chain on a comment on one of your videos and I said, guys, I just want you to know this isn't like a false persona like he really is like this <laughs> God is
0: good God is good brother God is good you man know,
1: you get on the internet and you see people who have like this um, personality that they put out there but then right. when you meet them on the outside they're a totally different person I'm like no you you walk you talk and you talk I spent so like- long
0: living in the other world like straddling the fence and being somebody else man and this time around doing um, you know this calling that God has put on me now for the season the motivation the writing man I, yeah. the only way to do it is you know truth man yeah that's why i got it on the chest today truth is the couture for greatness man the only way you will ever be the full you is to be you and that's it
1: well why don't you tell our audience um what you're doing um what your mission your passion is tell us a little bit about you
0: okay impact one billion people that's the vision god put in me positively impact one billion people around the globe so every day i get up that's that's the main objective every single day every action that i do every thought that i do every video i do every interview whatever it is is impact one billion people i got this calling on me so i'm aggressively pursuing what god put in me man i get up every day and do it whether it's writing books whether it's videos whether it's interviews whether it's seminars doing live events um life coaching um ministry whatever it is it's impact one billion people
1: man yeah Well, where, uh, where can people find you? I want the guy who's, who's quick in and out, doesn't get to the end of the podcast to know where to find you, what, where to find your products. What do you got going on?
0: Okay. Well, First thing, start with YouTube. Yeah, because I've got 170 plus videos on there. They're all free. Yeah. So anybody needs that boost, that 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 encouragement, that inspiration, that motivation, needs some teaching, whatever it is, to go to that next level. Get me on YouTube. It's YouTube.com backslash Billy. That's B-I-L-L-Y Alls Brooks. A-L-S-B-R-O-O-K-S.
1: And then as far as my book, the clothing line, BlessedAndUnstoppable.com yeah awesome guys there's gonna be links in the description down below so you're gonna be able to get access right to that and uh you do and i i also too have to check out blessed and unstoppable i get a little jealous because your fans post pictures of themselves with the book oh, yeah yeah going, i see that we every time it. man and i'm like oh why don't I have the book so here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna stage a picture i'm gonna wear my uniform i'm gonna wear my dress go. blues okay and i'm gonna there get your go. book <laughs> that's what i'm talking about we trying to bring it to the marines too brother yeah, everybody yeah. everybody hey you were just at our base in Hawaii, man. And it's so exciting to, to hear that you even shared some time with a, with a Marine. Now, uh, you're in the middle of a tour. Tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about uh, where you've been and what that looks like. Where are you in the tour? And uh, what's your favorite uh, city been so far?
0: Phase one. Yeah. Of this Impact one billion is the 40-city tour. We're coming to the fo- top 40 cities in the United States population-wise. Man, we bring in this message. Hmm. Every single city blessed and unstoppable. And then, The next step, which I'm going to announce here, because this is the first time that I've announced it publicly, and uh, it actually just got um, finalized today. Yeah. London. October twenty fifth, we bringing blessed and unstoppable to the to the UK to the awesome. continent of Europe, man. We yeah. coming. When I said impact the world, people, you know, they like ah, they're like ah, oh, maybe right? South
1: America. We did the maybe. big event in Orlando, <laughs> and they're yeah. like
0: okay. And then I said the forty cities, and I'm like oh okay. We say the world now. Yeah, Europe. yeah. We we putting our feet That's down, right. and we're gonna let God do His thing in the UK. October twenty fifth, man.
1: Right away, you give so much praise to the Lord um, right. and you just put it right back onto him man, and it, it, you can tell that you're carrying that and you're carrying this this uh charge spearheading this thing, and you're doing it well um, now. I'm going to go ahead and say, and I'm going to guess that this, this, wasn't a thing that like you woke up one day Mm-mm. and it was just placed Mm-mm. on you like, no, 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 no. oh, cool, man. Like now no, I'm no, going to, no. I'm going to go impact a billion people. Nah, product of the
0: struggle. <laughs> I'm a product of yeah. the struggle. For so, real.
1: so tell us, tell us, man, tell us a little bit about that background, the story. I can sum it up. Um, in a short narrative
0: is I cut a deal with God. Mm. For seven years, I struggled and had an inner war going on with panic attacks, PTSD. My father passed away in front of me unexpectedly, just out of the blue, boom. Had a a stroke, caught a blood clot, died right in front of me. Saw the last 10 minutes of his life, completely rocked. And shaped my world. Yeah. Now for seven years, I struggled um, with my subconscious mind, um, trying to get a hold of it. It, You know, this thing took over, this fear of dying, just like my father did. Um, anytime somebody talk about dying or cancer or disease or heart attack, strokes, whatever, it would just immediately send me back to that place in, in the emergency room where my, where my father died wow. in front of me. So for seven years, I struggled Every single day, I'd have one attack, started out one panic attack, then two panic attacks a day, then four panic attacks, till it was the whole day. It took all-consuming, just took over my life. I, um Before that, 17 years, I'd have been in the music business. Mm-hmm. I was a um rapper, music producer, songwriter, on-air personality, and um, was doing it at a high level. I yeah. had songs on Billboard, songs on the radio, producing for multi-gold and platinum acts, fully immersed in the Hollywood lifestyle, with yeah. the word, or world called success and i was fully aggressively pursuing the enemy's plan right but god had a plan too when my father passed away, that was the beginning of me finding what God had really put in me. And seven years in, I had tried everything I knew how to do, man. I'd been the therapist, you know, maybe six, seven therapists at the time, um, took medicine, like whatever, you know, everything they they tell you to do, man. I went to grief share, went to church, went to programs, you name it. I tried everything. I mean, literally I went from being on stage with a mic in my hand rocking 20,000 people to being in my bedroom for two weeks at a time scared to come out the door cuz I'd have a panic attack. See, when you have a panic attack, you don't control anything. So the only thing I felt that I did have any kind of control over was where I had the panic attack. Mm-hmm. So I'd stay in that room for two weeks at a time, man. And um I got to this really really low point in my life and it's like nothing was working. Um and I was at the end of me. And desperation is a divine invitation for God to get involved. So one day I'm out walking around my block at night, praying to God. Cause every night I went out there with, you know, this rainbow cocktail of emotions, man, being angry at God. Like why you took my daddy, mm-hmm. you know, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah, And then another part I had guilt on me because the day my, my father died, he was, um, there in the hospital and I had moved him. Like the doctor came in and said, um, you know, 12 days before my dad had had a, a stroke and he was getting better. The doctor comes in and he's like, you know, we need to get your daddy out of the bed and into a wheelchair get him outside. Let him see the sun. Let him get, so he can get his um, movement back on his arm and leg. We got to get him back up. Yeah. You know, the longer he stays in that bed, the less he's going to be function, you know, functional. So me and the nurse grabbed my father and, and move him into the, to the wheelchair. And what, what we didn't know was he had a blood clot in his leg. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we moved him, the blood pressure changed and it shot that, dislodged that blood clot to his lungs. And he started struggling breathing. And 10 minutes later, he was gone. So I held that guilt inside of me like you killed your daddy. If you hadn't have moved, if you hadn't been so impatient, if you, you know, all the things that you try to relive, I wish I hadn't done this, wish I hadn't done that. Yeah. So I had that guilt. I'm out there talking to God. I had the, the numbness. I had the, every emotion, sadness, depression, um, you name it. Yeah. I would go through this, you know, rainbow cocktail of emotions when I was out there. So finally I got to the one point where I didn't know what else to do. Every, everybody was gone. All my friends that I thought I had was gone. Um. So I'm out there with God. I'm like, You know, I don't have anything else to give you, but I will make a deal with you. If you heal me, I will go out and tell the world who did it. I promise you that. Yeah. I don't have anything else to give you. This is it. And and boom. And that's what I needed. And that's what God needed. Yeah. He just needed my my invitation. Wow. I invited him into my situation. So now, you know, it wasn't a quick, like overnight, boom, I'm healed. No, No, I still had to go through the struggle. Like, you know, the more we go through the fire, the more refined we become. So God was shaping and molding me and through this struggle and and turning what God, you know, what the enemy meant for harm. God was turning it into good. And he was molding me and shaping me and preparing me for what I do now, because now when I'm on this mic, when I'm speaking on the YouTube videos or when I go to these events, I know who I'm talking to because I was the one on the block. So now when I get up on the mic, I speak to that person that's broken, that's hurt, that is about to give up, doesn't have anything. I'm speaking to him spirit just like I, you know, was on that block myself. So God was shaping me and molding me and preparing me for what I'm doing today um, through that experience, man. And it was hell. And I would never in a million years want anybody to go through that. But I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't went through the struggle. You know, it's, it's not the struggle that defines us. It's our response. You know, how will you respond when life hits you with a brick, when you get knocked down on the mat, that's when we find out if you are a champion or not. It's not when, you know, you're 31 and 0. To me, that's not champion. Champion is when you get knocked down. Buster Douglas, you get knocked down, right? Like Tyson, you got to get back up. Then we see what you're really made of. Then we call you, then you get the crown of a champion. You know what I mean? So some of, some of the people out there that are listening to this, you might be going through the struggle right now. Just keep getting back up. You know, I made that commitment that no matter what, I wasn't going to tap out. You know, and uh, God honored that. I trusted in Him, and He, you know, over time, He started to bring me up out of that situation. So now, when I'm out of here, I aggressively give Him glory. To God be the glory. I don't, I don't forget that deal I made because I know, man, I, if if it wasn't Him, I'd still be on that block or dead by now. So I'm aggressive in in pursuing, you know, His glory. Not just
1: mine. You know, it's funny that you're pointing, you're actually pointing to the struggle. You're pointing to these things that you had to go through and you're putting it in the right context. But I feel like a lot of times you speak to young, young guys, maybe who are newer in the faith or just a little bit of immature, immature in the faith. And they'll think, well, God did this to me. I really want to point out that fact that that is a false that mentality is, that's about right. the father, that's right. right? Because mm-hmm. what you're saying is so different. You're saying that God used what the enemy was doing right, right, right. for his good. Exactly. All things work good for those work right. good for those who love him, Amen. right? And it's not that God is the one that's inflicting those things on you, but it's just that, hey, yeah, we are in a sinful world and, and the enemy is here lurking. That's so true. Um, I, I say this in a lot of the events
0: that I go to. The struggle is real. But so is the God that help you overcome it, you know. And I'm not one of these motivational speakers that you know, like Ron Howard, going to get up here every day and say it's going to be happy days when you accept Christ or accept God. And it's not. It's going to be a war. Now you become a threat to the enemy. Yeah. If you're not under attack, you're not a threat to the enemy. You know, we we see the attack. Like, why is why is God doing it? No, no, it's not not God doing it. It's the enemy doing it because now you become something threatening to the enemy, and that's actually confirmation of what you're doing is a threat to him because the enemy only attacks. That which he fears. The struggle, you know, we, we can't run from it. You know, for the Lord didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And when my life began to change is when I turned around and started attacking that fear, you know. I'll tell you a little funny story. For years I ran. Every time this panic attack would come on me, the PTSD would come on me, I'd run to the hospital. I went to the hospital 12 times in nine months. They knew me by my first name. When they see me coming through the door, they were like, here come Billy. Right? So everyone knew what was going on. It just took me a minute to realize, okay, this is a panic attack. Now, I didn't, once I realized, okay, I'm not dying, these panic attacks are coming on me. They still were a struggle, you know? But the thing was, I knew I wasn't, you know, gonna die. So my mother came to me one day and said, son, you got a lot of anger inside of you because of what happened with your father. you know, the, the the pain, the frustrations, the guilt, all of this stuff, mad at God, all this. Why don't you get a punching bag and put it in the backyard and go out there every day and beat some of that out, channel it. Cause you, you, you know, it's just inside living in me and I'm just beating myself up on the inside. So, uh, you know, mothers are very, very wise. <laughs> so I, I followed her, her, um, suggestion. And, um, The first day I hung the bag up, put the new gloves on, went out there and hit the bag like twice, boom, boom, and had a panic attack because I was getting my heart up, revved up and boom, started getting dizzy, ran back inside, about to go to the hospital. I called mom and I say, mom, I'm about to go to the hospital. I'm I'm dizzy, I'm dying, I'm stroking, all this stuff that, you know, this false stuff going on in my mind. And my mother knew at this time, okay, he's not dying. It's a panic attack. So she said, uh, Billy, she yelled at me to get my attention because I'm telling her all these things that are wrong. She's like, you go back out there and hit that bag. And I'm like, no, mom, you don't understand. I'm about to die. I'm going to the hospital. I just called you, let you know where I'm at, blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, you go outside and you hit that bag right now. And I'm like, no, mom, you don't understand my condition. And she, she's not hearing it. She's like, you go out there right now. She's like, I'll stay on the phone with you, but you go out there right now. When you get done hitting that bag, then you can go to the hospital, but you're going to go out there and hit that bag. Now I can't tell mom though, you know. You can't tell mom though. No. So I'm arguing with her though all the way out there to the bag. I'm arguing, like, mom, you don't understand my condition, you know You don't understand what's going on. I'm about to die. And you telling me to come on. And I'm walking out there to the bag and she's like, Are oh, you there? And I'm like, yeah, I'm there. She's like, hit the bag. So I was like, boom, boom. And I'm like, okay, mom, I gotta go. And she goes, hit it again. So I'm like, boom, I got the, you know, holding the hand and boom, on the phone. mom. I hit it. I'm gonna go now. Like, I'm I'm serious, I'm set. Boom, boom. She's like, hit it again, hit it again. Boom, boom. Boom! 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 I call you back, Mama, and I stayed out there and I hit that bag. Now the f- that was the first time that I had faced the fear and did not run. The first time. Wow! And sometimes in life we gotta go face that bag, and we gotta face the thing that we are running from. You know, to be successful, to go to that next level, go, you gonna have to get in the ring with the thing you fear the most. This is the way this thing is designed. You cannot graduate to the next level until you master the fear at the, at the level you're at now. And until that day, I was not in control. Now, it was still a struggle. I'm not here again. I'm not saying this is some overnight delivery. It's not because some things take time. Some things are seasons. Some things that we have to be molded and shaped and all that. And this was one of them for me. You know, um, trials and tribulations, so the seas required for greatness. Somebody needs to hear that. You know, it's like diamonds are made under immense pressure. So is greatness. So are champions. So is next level success. We don't run from the struggle. We were designed for the struggle, to overcome the struggle. As believers, we are already designed and programmed for the war. We're victorious. We are the spiritual Marines. We are already trained for this. We just don't know it yet. You know, everything that's coming at us, God has already prepared us to overcome it. All we must do is discover that which is already on the inside of us that will give us that victory. And the quicker we discover it, the quicker we get through it. Now, sometimes it's a long struggle to find that. We will stay at that level until we master that level. When we master that level, then we'll be promoted to the next level. Like I came out of that season of struggle and I had to go through that season of struggle in order to qualify myself to speak to other people that are going through the struggle. You know, so it gives me the credibility and establishes that which I need to do what God has called me to do.
1: Yeah, you, you can't really have a voice in a place where you don't have personal victory That's right. in that place. That's right. um, so absolutely there with you. I know there's a, actually a, a biblical story of uh, Jehu, if anybody wants to look that up, mm-hmm. and, it, and it has to do exactly with that, is that you need to have that personal victory in right. order to be able to have that, that sphere of influence. Right. Um, and it's funny that you say you're, you got to be the spiritual Marine because That's our right. slogan is Semper Fidelis, always faithful. We're always faithful to him. And that's all we're called to. That's right. We don't see nothing but
0: victory. We don't know anything but victory. That's the thing. We we have to, you know, become unaware of defeat. Yeah. We have to lose awareness that defeat even exists. Bro. Exactly. You know, we just buy into the promises that God put in us, man, that's and aggressively right. pursue it.
1: I'm trying to kind of conceptualize a little bit of what you're saying, because for somebody that has not had an active panic attack, it's hard mm-hmm. to understand. Right, right. Where a person can actually get to a place that they can't move. They're frozen. Um, I've, I've since grown and have seen it. I've experienced it at some levels. And one of the areas that I did was in my thoughts, in my mind um, with lust. And this is when I've turned my life around. Now I've said, I'm going to follow you, Lord, and I'm going to live a whole and righteous life. And I'm going to be married to a young woman and be faithful. Well, that's when the enemy turned it up for me. I couldn't go to, I would, I would literally not go to Walmart because I was scared of the people that I was going to see and the thoughts I might have and all this and all that. And I finally sought out counseling, right? Cause everybody thinks we need a deliverance. We need, uh, we got, we must have a devil or something attached to us, right? Some, some of this theology that is just all twisted. And, and, uh, but I sought out some counseling and I sat down in front of a pastor and I feel like the tone uh, that he used was was good because it kind of was a a bit of a sharp tone that was snap out of it kind of a thing. And he was saying, all you're doing is backing up into a corner and allowing the enemy to punch you. Right. You need to just start punching back. That's right. And so when you're telling that story, I'm remembering that. It's, yeah. a, it's the fact that sometimes we get so passive. Mm-hmm. And so we put ourselves into the straitjacket and get constricted and we stay there. That's right. And we think that this is the 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 place that we're called to be in a, in a straitjacket sitting in our bed and don't move from here. Cause it's safe, but we're actually called to fight back. And sometimes the enemy doesn't play fair. Right. I mean, faith was never designed to be passive.
0: We had to be aggressive, even in the waiting, man. And see when, when, when I was going through my struggle, let me, let me clarify something. Every problem that we have is just a truth problem. a wisdom problem Okay, so all we have to do, we're having conflict in our life, disorder in our life, something that is not working. We just need to align with truth and truth will fix that problem. Right thinking sustained long enough will eventually bring peace and order to any situation. So your victory will always be tied to a scripture to a verse and mine out there on that block when I was scared, when I was going around with these panic attacks and this PTSD, I had the wrong vision. I had the, the enemy's vision that he put on me that I was going to die just like my father there. Helpless. God gave me that new new verse that delivered me. It was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. You know, as you were mentioning, some people think you know that God put this on them. No, no, no. God states His plan right there. My, it's not to harm you. It's to give you a hope and a future. This is My plan. So if it's not that, it's the enemy. We we know where it's coming from. So what we got to do is get get aggressive in belief, aggressive in faith, you know, and go out there and attack our issues rather than run from them.
1: I'm right there with you, man. I love how you said that faith isn't meant to be passive. And actually the the name of this channel came from the reading of Romans 5, uh, verse 17, where it says, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. Now, uh, getting back to the passivity piece there, that word receive in the Greek is uh, lambanos. That is actually this, this term that people take it as receive, right? Like re, we read it, receive, like you receive a gift on Christmas. No, let's, let's flip that. That word actually has assertiveness and aggressiveness That's attached right. to That's it. Right. And so now picture a child, picture my five-year-old. that just get, my son just turned five yesterday. That just flipped my life upside down. I got a five-year-old now, but I got to picture my five-year-old on Christmas he's not folding that wrapping paper, you know, nice and slow right, and right, just right. kind of, you know, thank you for this gift. No, he's ripping that thing apart. And so that gift of righteousness and and the abundance of grace is for those who are willing to be assertive and aggressive and ripping that thing apart. The truth, the present of truth that, that the Lord has given us right here in this Bible, um, in this word, and, and the truth that he's delivering us through other people like you, people who are who are um, impacting the world, people who have already written books about what we need to hear those people have that word inside of them, that spirit inside of them that we need to rip apart and aggressively uh, come to.
0: It, it brings us back,
1: not, I don't
0: know the, the verse verbatim, but where Christ says, if you want to come to the kingdom, we got to come to the kingdom like the little children, rip it, aggressive, happy. Uh, you know, they're, they're not scared because they don't know what to be scared of at this yeah. point. Yeah. You know, um, you mentioned the lust thing. We go to the word. It says, give not that strength to women nor the devices that destroyeth kings. And what you were talking about there with the mind, um, Romans 12 too, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So if we want to be youthful for the kingdom, the first thing we have to do is conquer our thinking, our mind. We have to get behind the wheel because the enemy is fighting for that wheel. It's two people fighting for that wheel, God and the enemy. Which one are you going to focus on? You know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and the inside of us. Right. Is the temple. As for me and my house, the temple, right? Our body, we have to serve the Lord and our lo- the Lord is in our mind, our thinking. So which one are we going to serve? You know, the enemy's on the left. God is on the right. We have to get control of our thinking and steer it to the word. Every single time that the enemy attacks, we have to go to the word. This is why Christ always said it is written. So when the thoughts of lust come up or the thoughts of fear come up, whatever it is, we answer with the word. It is written when the fear used to come on me. And once I understood that God, this was not God's plan, when the fear would arise in me, I'd quote back that scripture. For I know the plans I have, you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. And I would say it with aggression. I would say it with aggression. People say like now, like why when I get on the YouTube, why do I, you know, am I I so passionate and so aggressive and yelling sometimes? I say because the enemy yelled at me for years. And I took it. It's about time we start yelling back. You know, nobody say Christians should be passive, man. We ought to go out and conquer the world for the kingdom of God. And I don't mean conquer by force or or meanness. I'm talking about by faith and love and truth. We go out aggressively pursuing these things. And this is how we change the world. This is how we impact the world. This is how we make heaven come to earth. You know, we don't need to die to see heaven. Our thinking can
1: bring heaven to us right now. Romans twelve two yes um be transformed by the renewal of our minds and I was just fixing up uh, my first fixer upper I got a condo I was excited now I'm not very handy but I am really good at covering things up. Okay. Look at my marriage, man. Cover that thing up. Look at my small face. I knew how to cover that thing up. Look at the anxiety that I had. And I, and I walked around with cover it up. Nobody, nobody knows. Right. I'm really good at covering things up. So when it came to fixing the cupboards, I'm like, I know exactly what I need to do here. Just cover cover it up. up. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I go to Lowe's and I'm trying to figure out how to uh, repair particle wood, you know, the type that completely falls apart in your hand (laughs) once it's rotted. Right. Yeah. No, you can't do that. It's impossible. Right. And here's the thing, that word renewal by the renewing of your mind is the word renovation. It's the word new development. We need to have a complete different foundation, right? And so I had to take out all of those old cabinets, all that rotted particle wood, all that nasty stuff that was that was, uh, yeah, water damaged by that point, and start over. Kids need to be born again. Yeah, there you go. go. And renovated. it was man. that's right. <laughs> that's why I say you want to come to the kingdom of God,
0: and He told um, Nicodemus, you "Must be born again." And the born again is the new thinking, the unlearning of what has been learned. Yeah, you know, we learn the world when we come out of the womb. We've been in the presence of God. The moment we come out of the womb, we know who we are, who we come from, what our mission is, what our talents are, what our strengths are, what our power is. But the moment we come out of the womb, from the moment that we come out, the doctor hits us on the back. And from that point on, the enemy's beginning to bombard us with lies. You're the wrong color. You're not tall enough. You're not short enough. You're not fat enough, whatever. You don't come from the right background. You don't have the right education. You don't have the resources, the money. And it's telling us all day long what we can't do he is trying to get us to buy into this lie and after years and years of this bombardment most people learn to live within the limitations that have been given from something that is not of us it's not of our world we come from heaven we are not of this world we have learned this world to be born again is to go back back to the womb when we did not know that we had limitations with God all things are possible right? To be born again is to understand that greater is he that is in me than he is the world, that I can change the outside world, that I have that power, that I don't have to just sit here and take it and be pounded all day long. Christians sit in the pews every day and let world, the world happen to them. It is time that we get up and start happening to the world. I asked this question on, on a commercial for my tour. Are you living life or is life living you? You know, and and most of the church life is living us because the thing that really blew my mind. Was that I go around all these different churches around the country and the church itself are having the same problems the outside world is having. There's very little difference. Why? Every problem is a true problem. We need some truth in us. You know, we shouldn't have the same divorce rate as the world. We shouldn't have the same cancer rate, the same sickness rate, the same failure rate, the bankruptcy rate, all of that. We got the same rate. Why? Because we're not walking this stuff out. Right. The blessing unstoppable. Let me explain this because somebody needs to hear this. Okay, from the time that that Christ came to the 1500s, it was under the understanding that the the Catholic teaching was that only the. Priest could understand the word. The common man was not allowed to read the word of God. They said the common man cannot understand this. A lame man cannot understand this. We got to go to a priest and he's got to tell us. It was actually forbidden to be in possession of this. Even as a believer, we could not have this. If you had this, you could be your head could be cut off. Okay. The Reformation started in 1500. And the Reformation was um, a, a group of people that said, no, no, no. The word is for everyone. Everyone should read the word. Every language Every man, every woman should have access to the word of God, right? So there was a war over this. That was the first reformation. And now we have all the different denominations and things like that. And we can all read the word. Okay. The second reformation, the one I'm here. To launch and start is for us to start walking this out. We've been reading the word for 500 years. Now it's time to implement the word, to walk in the fullness of the power of the word, to impact the world and make heaven come to earth right now. We don't need to wait anymore. We can bring heaven down right now. We're not waiting on God. God is waiting on us. People talk about the reveling when is God? God is already here. He is waiting on us to activate, right? We are the military. When are we going to go in and seize what is ours? Are we going to continue to wait 40 years in the desert and die in lack of faith? Are we going to go in and seize and conquer what is ours? I mean, God gave me the next verse for the victory over panic attacks. He gave me Jeremiah 29. Okay. For the thing I'm doing now, the impact of one billion, Joshua 1 9. Have I not commanded you be strong? And courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So when I'm going around this world, this is this is me. I know God is with me wherever I go. So I boldly go into every city, every venue, no matter what it is, every hood, every town, whatever, without hesitation, because I know who's in me. I know who's with me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? And this is how we have to do as Christians, man. We gotta get out of the pews, get in the streets. You know, we know where these crack houses are and these drug neighborhoods and gang neighborhoods. I know because we come from that. We know where the buy weed at. We need to get everybody from the church and we need to go seize these neighborhoods back with the word of God. We need to set up in those neighborhoods, not sit with a suit on Sunday and stay in these little comfortable buildings on Sunday. We need to get out there and help these people. These people need the word of God and how they going to get it if we don't be aggressive and go out there and bring it to them. The enemy is aggressively delivering his message in every way, whether it's movies, whether it's music, whether it's porn, whatever it is, lust, greed, fame, all this. He's aggressively implementing his agenda. We have to be even more aggressive to implement God's agenda of love. And it's not to go out and tell everybody, if you don't come to God, you're going to burn in hell. We go out there and attract people to the kingdom by loving them. The most powerful way to attract people to the kingdom of God is love.
1: That verse right before uh, Joshua 1.9 that you just read off, this book of the law shall now depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate meditate on it day day and night.
0: night. That's right.
1: And I think we missed that, man. Amen. We missed that. And I will say this as a young man, uh, even I call myself a millennial. I'm 27 years old right now, but um, I'm with this crowd that's moving right now, moving along and at the speed of the internet. This is one of the first things that are going, I am sometimes taken back at how quick I will learn a song. Every single lyric, pause, every single jingle, whatever it is. But this right here, the thing that we're supposed to meditate on, right. the book that's not supposed to depart our lips. Sometimes we, 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 don't, we don't do it. Wow. Right? We don't jump into this. And I'll say again, just trying to Relate to the millennials, we're leaving the church faster than any other generation before us. And we're not coming back. That's because
0: they don't see the power here. I mean, if you go, like I was mentioning before, you know, a person comes from divorce, bankruptcy, drug addiction, all this stuff. And then you walk into the church and you see drug addiction, divorce, bankruptcy. You don't see any difference. It's like, well, why am I here? You know what I'm saying? Why am I here? Okay, the church today, the modern day church, the teaching has left 90% of God's people at the altar. We get them saved. They come in and accept Christ, but we leave them there. We don't show them how to take this and bring it into the business world, to take this and bring it into the marriage, to take this and bring it to the finances, right? To the, to the relationships, to the, to the raising the kids. We have to bring this stuff into the what we're doing in everyday life. It's not just meant for Sundays, you know, I'm not interested how great the Sunday service is. I'm interested in how much of the Sunday service is implemented on Monday. Yeah. That's what we need to be focused on. Right. If we want to change the world, they need to see us exemplify the power of God in acts they walked around and laid hand on the sick and the sick recovered and everybody came. We need to get back to that. And when we get back to that, they will fill every seat and we won't have enough seats in these buildings. But until that point... If we're walking around impotent, they're saying, well, I can get this on the outside. I can get the condemnation. I can get the dirty looks. Why am I dressed this way when I come? To- I can get that outside. Why do I need to come here to do it? And wake up early on the Sunday after i been in the club all night on the set. Why do I need to do that, right? We've got to show these people something different. And if we show them God's love, man, God's love is addictive and they can't get it nowhere else. And they will come get what they can't get anywhere else from God once we show it to them.
1: As I sat down and recorded this conversation with Dr. Billy Osbrook, I was extremely blown away with everything that he had to say. And I knew that this was not something that I can just give you in one dose. And so I decided here as I'm editing the podcast that I'm actually going to go ahead and cut it in half so that you guys would be able to reflect on everything that he's putting out right here. Down below, you're going to be able to see all of the links to where Dr. Billy is, and you're going to see what he's got going on. You're going to see what he's doing around the world and the global impact that he is bringing to the nations. Gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the Made to Rain podcast. Make sure that you head over to rain.org. Connect with us there so you'd be able to get more podcast resources and other videos that are gonna help you on your walk with Christ. Also connect with us at Instagram at Made to Rain and make sure that you leave a podcast review on this episode. I wanna know what you guys think. Until next time, continue to march.